Before we get started, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which we produce this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hello, welcome to another episode of What A Great Punk, a podcast by Jamie and Todd from the band These New South Wales. We are super stoked and excited about today's episode because we have Ross Farrar joining us. Ross is from the band Ceremony, uh, he's also in Spice and uh, another band called Crisis Man. It's, it's somewhat of a blind date in that we have never spoken to Ross before, only uh, just chatted to him over Instagram. So we're really looking forward to having this chat and I uh, hope you enjoy the episode. So let's get into it. Catchy smile, you got that catchy smile. Stop a while, come back with that catchy smile. Come back, baby, we'll fly away. Come back, we'll just fly away together, baby. But don't tell your nonna. Let's do it. So, Ross, it's it's good to meet you. I'm like, we are, it's clear that we don't know each other. So, just to set the stage, I, my name's Jamie, and that's Todd, the other guy. Hey, <laughs> hey. Yeah, I just thought we, we should um we should do the very basic intro because yeah, I, I've just reached out to you on Instagram and asked you to come on the podcast, but I guess it's become clear to me that you have no clue as to any of the context or whatever. I don't, I think even this morning you might've thought we were in LA. I love, I was thinking about it this morning actually. And I was, I was like loving the fact that I had no idea what was ahead <laughs> and what we were going to talk about or the topic or anything. Uh, I was kind of yeah. throw, thrown into an unknown season of sorts. So I was like, this, yeah. this is going to be nice. I like this. Yeah, it's, so, it's so funny because you messaged me this morning saying like, hey man, are we meeting up to do this or doing it over Zoom? And it's like, well, actually we're in Australia. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. On some trip, I thought I saw you in Los Angeles not too long ago for some reason. Well, you, you, maybe if you had a... a um, quick glimpse at the uh, either of our Instagrams there probably are photos from LA not too long ago actually I think there was a photo I took of Todd Ooh. in LA at the top of the maybe that's where you got it from but but we we have like um, a few mutuals I guess we were in Los Angeles a couple of years ago and we went on yeah but still which is a podcast that you've also been on yeah oh yes okay. yeah yeah with Jack and Brandon oh yeah for sure very <laughs> yeah. nice <laughs> And then that's kind of how we met our mutual friend Zed. Oh, okay. Like, kind of, um, we just went to this random picnic with Brandon afterwards, and Zed was there, and that's how we became friends and stuff. So, oh, so that's the connection. Okay, cool. that's the connection. Yeah. yeah, and Zed's such a lovely guy. We met Zed. He was like, Todd was wearing a uniform shirt, and I was wearing a Lust for Youth shirt, and Zed just came up to us and just started chatting about that's both him. his pants. That's <laughs> him. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was funny. It was like you know when you rock up to a picnic. Brandon was just like, hey, do you want to come to a picnic after we did the podcast? And we were like, yeah, sure, we got nothing to do. And it was like Doug Pound's picnic, I think. And yeah. um, you know when you rock up to a picnic and you don't know anyone there, so just 
where do you sit? It's kind of mm-hmm. awkward. And there's already a circle, so you kind of sit on the edge of it, like yeah, outside harsh, the circle. And, so, yeah. and it's like very bright and everything. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's Terrible. kind of talking quietly and like. <laughs> they see um, you walking over the field for about like 100 meters as yeah, well. And they're all yeah. sort of looking back, like who the and fuck is. You don't are these know where guys? to look. Yeah. You don't know if you meant to smile or look cool or yeah. like whatever. If you're going to like them or not. It's like yeah. Yeah. everything's going through your head, a series of things, you know. I know. Um, yeah. And you've got like a plastic bag full of like <laughs> drinks and you just look stupid yeah um we happened to sit in the az at that picnic thankfully and that's how we got to know. oh that's the best yeah. person to sit next to yeah because yeah. he's a very warm and welcoming person and he, he you know he's a uh, um, an intellectual of sorts so he loves to talk and he likes mm. to talk from different angles which mm. you know basically you know what that translates to is uh he's very adaptable too all kinds of mm. people culturally or whatever. So yeah, pretty cool. It was nice. Every time we come to Los Angeles, we have that textbook experience of like, you just end up somewhere mm-hmm. um, that you weren't expecting to, even within 24 hours of arriving. Oh yeah. And there's some exciting component to it, you know, like it, it always happens. Oh, big time. It's a, it's, uh, it's, it's a city of happenings for sure. Yeah. It's always something going on here constantly and always connections being built like there's oh, always yeah. you're always being introduced to someone <laughs> yeah networking yeah, yeah. even I mean, if you I don't want to <clears throat> yeah do you like that aspect of living in los angeles uh, it's new to me because i've been you know i've only been here about a year and a half now okay <clears throat> which is a trip but it's blown by that fast um and you know I was told about the networking capabilities of Los Angeles <laughs> and how, you know, you yeah. would go to a picnic and you would meet a filmmaker and a screenwriter and a musician <laughs> and, yeah, you know, yeah. a influencer or whatever, whatever, you, you know, all these different kinds of things. And, uh, you know, if you start the, the right conversation, maybe something will get in movement. And it definitely has yeah. happened with me before. And, you know, my partner, uh, net off Sari, she's a, she's a photographer and she also works in uh, video and cinematography. So like, mm. you know, we have this crazy like trifecta of arts going on at all times. Yeah. And yeah. she knows all these different kinds of people. And I know some different kinds of people, music, and it's, it's a trip. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, I noticed that Spice, um, one of your bands played at Zebulon, which is a, Todd and I, you know, when we've been in LA, always pop down to Zebulon, have a drink. Yeah. Um you you played there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we played there. Another strange kind of interesting thing. It was a uh, you know, for a lot of people when we played we played at Zebulon basically like a year prior, uh, right mm. before the shutdown, the COVID-19 mm. shutdown. We played on like uh March what was it? Uh 9 no, 11th or something. I'm sorry, I, the date escapes me, which is terrible mm, yeah. to say because Neda had a photo opening the <laughs> the day before, and it was also Zed's marriage the day before, and I can't oh, remember the uh, date. I just I'm cursed. Yeah. I know. But uh, yeah, that was the uh, first Spice show we ever played, the first live okay. performance, and then we did like you know a year later the same venue with the same bands and it was all same songs. We played one new song (laughs) and it was just cyclical like that, you know, it was very weird and like deja vu like, but we actually had the same thing, Jamie, because we played a show in Sydney. (laughs) We're in living in Melbourne at the moment in Australia and we played a show in Sydney 
just before the shutdown and then another one just the only two shows we've done in the last two years yeah the same venue a same, year apart same exactly one new song um, <laughs> yeah uh. fucking same thing yeah so that's a, another bit of context is that Todd and I play in a band together here and we there's four of us in the band but Todd and I have been doing this podcast for the last year oh okay um, very cool yeah yeah um, what, what is uh, curious to talk like we've been smashing that Spice album a bit and it's mm-hmm. really it's, it's really awesome um, mm. and yeah, wondering like how the how the how that band came to be really like. What can you tell us about? Yeah, it's about um, that. I was a lot of the, a lot of the people in the band are um, they all kind of grew up in the north North Bay of the Bay Area, the Northern Bay of the Bay Area. It's like uh, you know forty minutes north of San Francisco, basically. And you know we've we've kind of all been around each other for like the last 10 or even 20 years and we've been in bands together shared members you know just been in cahoots basically Mm. and um one of my good friends cody sullivan who's also in a band called sabertooth zombie um when i was i was going to grad school up at syracuse university in uh, syracuse new york and you know he said hey you know i've been uh, you know been playing these new songs with some people uh, we're really digging them. We don't have a, a vocalist. I mean, they did have, oh. they actually did have a vocalist for a second. It was, uh, a, a guy named Scott Phillips. He was in a band called creative adult. And he was also mm-hmm. in a band called lifelong tragedy from the North Bay and a band called purple mercy. And, uh, he's a really, really talented musician, incredible vocalist. Yeah. Um, but you know, he, he tried it out and he wasn't feeling it. And Cody, mm. Cody sent me the songs while I was in Syracuse and I heard building was gone. That dun, 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 And I kept thinking like, oh, this kind of sounds like the fall. Like I really like mm. this. Like that's that that part of it. Yeah. And um with the violin doing that thing. And then I just I was like, I I just knew I had to do it. I was like, I have to do vocals in this yeah. band, you know. Sick. Were there were there lyrics and melodies <laughs> at the time in those songs or were they um, instrumentals? Just instrumentals, yeah. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. And cool. I just, I had to do it. I fell in love with it. Great. Yeah. And then, you know, That's we, so- um, they sent me demos and I kind of just pieced things together. And then I went home, uh, for Christmas break when I, when I was in, when I was at college and then, uh, we wrote the record on the Christmas break and I went back and that was it. Fucking mm. awesome. Yeah. And, and you were, you were studying, you said at, at Syracuse. Uh, yeah. And because I, because I, I, you know, I read a few interviews with you just, you know, to um get a bit more context on everything you do and stuff, and um I noticed that you you're teaching poetry, is that right? I was, yeah, but it was part of the program, so it's basically like I go to three year, uh, I get like a, a three year MFA program, and intermixed with that is also uh, you teach undergrads while you're doing your graduate right. study. So I was teaching undergrads. Um, and doing classes and such. And then, yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I just, I, right before I got off onto this zoom call, I was on a long, long conversation with a, uh, um, my mentor's wife. She's also a teacher because I'm kind of going through the process of trying to get another teaching gig right now. And, um, mm. you know, it was a bit disheartening the way that she kicked it to me. It was that things are, um, you know, a little bit difficult right now, especially in, in education and academia. Uh, here mm-hmm. in America due to COVID 
And, you know, we've had a lot of social upheaval, uh, you know, of course, in the past year. And, you know, things are uh, very much kind of like in a, like an uh, uneasy state, you know. Mm, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I love teaching so much. It was incredible. I mean, I remember walking out of classes sometimes and I felt high. Like that was mm. like just profound, you know. Mm, and, wow. um, you know, I haven't really been trying as hard as I should to get a job teaching again. I've kind of been laissez faire mm. with it because yeah, I got music and all this other stuff going on. But, yeah, you know, I really, really want to get back into the classroom and I'm in the process of, of applying for a few jobs right now. So, but yeah, sorry. I just kind of blasted off on you guys there for a second. No, that's, that's cool. No, it's, yeah. it's a podcast, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> we got time. Yeah. 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 Um, that's cool that you like get, got that experience from, from teaching, I oh, guess. Oh God, it was amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> Is that, that's because you feel like passionate about the material or like down more down to like the like um, teaching people and what they get out of it and getting off on that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think it's an energy exchange to be honest. Yeah. Cause you, yeah. if you're speak, if you're, it's my, it was really hard for me to start teaching too, because, you know, being in bands, being, you know, playing in ceremony for like 15 years, mm. basically what I would do is I would have multiple drinks. I would get up on stage and just go crazy and unleash all this like raw, uh, like emotion, you know? Mm -hmm. But when you get in front of a classroom and you get in front of uh, students who are sitting down and all of their attention is directly pointed towards you and it's in, uh, you know, kind of a more obvious quiet and uh, like, I don't know, how, how do I say it? Like, um, it's just a more of an intense personal setting, you know, it's very personal. Mm -hmm. And crowd you, you can't like, you know, you can't <laughs> fake it, you know, you can't fake it. Yeah. You have to actually, um, have a plan. You have to have, uh, uh, you know, a thoughtful yeah. presentation. You can't just like get drunk and jump around for an hour. You know That's I mean? the sketchy <laughs> bit. That's true. You haven't it? like, cause when, when you're playing your own songs, you know, you've learned them, you know them all. Yeah. There's nothing more to really think about other than just to get out there and do it. But yeah, yeah you've got to, you've got to, I can imagine, I know that feeling of when you, because I, I, I work as an actor sometimes mm -hmm. and there was this one chance I got to teach acting Wow, cool. to kids and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But I had that, that experience as well of like, fuck. The, and you, you, you get this feeling when you, you teach them an exercise and you know that that exercise or whatever is going to last 20 minutes. You might break them off into groups or whatever. Yeah. You're like, yes, I just, I got, I've got 20 minutes. I've done 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like <laughs> the next scary part starts in 20 minutes yeah. sort of yeah. thing. Oh God, it yeah. was terrifying when I first got in there, like, cause you know, they're younger too. And they're in a sense, they're looking up towards you and you, yeah. you kind of have this like, um, you know, authoritative energy power over them yeah. in a sense. Yeah. It's hard to like, for me to parse because I've never really been a big person on authority. Um, I've mm. always detested it. So I'm like, all right. I, mm. You're gonna have to listen to me now, kids. Like, yeah, a bit of a big daddy, <laughs> bit of a big daddy energy. Hey, yeah, yeah. For sure. did you feel like a bit of a daddy? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was daddy, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Professor it's, Ferrar, uh, it's pretty hard. Do they problem? actually? They say that. Professor, oh yeah, I mean, Professor they, Ferrar. Yeah, they would like you know they were sweet, but you know, well, part of it too is uh, you have to be a human being to them, and you have to like. For me, teaching a big part of it is is being a human and not being like the oh, now yes. listen to me, sir. Mm. You know, like I want it to be a conversation. And I want them to uh, 
you know, obviously feel comfortable and safe, but also like intellectually stimulated, which can be very sure. difficult sometimes being in yeah. the day and age that we're living. In, you know? Totally, totally. Well, it's hard, but it's very, it's very uh, fulfilling for sure. I can imagine that it's difficult sometimes as well. Like one of my pet peeves, I'm sure everyone has this pet peeve, is when you ask someone a question and it's clear they don't know, but they pretend they do anyway. Oh, of course. And and they don't feel like, whatever, for whatever reason, comfortable enough to say, I actually don't know. And as, yeah. a, as a professor, like, you know, people would be asking questions that you're supposed to know the answers to. And I imagine that it's challenging sometimes uh, on an ego level to be like, I actually don't know that. Let's look it up together or let's investigate it. Or oh, whatever. yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, God, being in, a, being in an MFA program with, uh, you know, with PhD students and all these other types, it's, there's a lot of posing, you know, but oh at the God. same time, you know, yeah, like at the same time, you know, you are trying to, uh, like circulate the thought and you're doing it candidly on, like in the spot. So you're trying to like mm. come up with the words, which can be difficult, I think for people. Yeah. So, and so, and so, and poetry was the subject, right? You're teaching poetry. Well, undergraduates, no, I was, I mean, I would put poetry into my program, but you know, one of my classes was, um, just like a basic writing one, a kind of essay, college essays, just really yeah. kind of drab stuff. Yeah. And it was done through the rhetoric department. So, you know, they don't want any fiction or poetry in their pro program, which was very strange. You know, they right. wanted all, uh, you know, nonfiction, um, articles, you know, things, things to do with the real world, quote unquote. Gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, yeah, it's terrible, but, um, you know, you learn to get, you know, around that in a sense in different mm. ways, but yeah, it was, uh, it was challenging for sure. And then another class I did was a research, a research class and it was, uh, on technology. So it was, uh, literature and technology. So wow. I kind of had, I had to throw a, like a cog in there and I did a lot of like sci-fi stuff and, uh, you know, like Afrofuturism just like kind of weird. I, I, my, my big dream for my next class I'm going to do is I want to do a class on, on gate crashers in in culture, like people who have, oh. uh, you know, essentially punks that have like changed things, you know? Oh, so, okay. And the different writings that go, go with that. So I'm kind of, that's the one I'm working on. One time, um, speaking of <clears throat> gate crashers, one time, um, when I was a teenager, I grew up on a place in a, in a place called the Gold Coast mm -hmm. in Australia. Have you heard of that? Oh yeah, I've been there. Yeah, you've been there. Yeah. Did you oh. play a show there? Yeah, with my other band Ceremony. We we've, we've done a couple yeah. tours there. Oh wow! Oh. I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't. Ceremony played in the Gold Coast. That Where is about yeah. so did you play? Crazy, I, 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 Miami I Shark Bar. I have no oh, idea. It, it was been. so long ago. Two thousand and eight. Yeah. Was it on the beach? Oh fuck, dude! That's yeah. Two thousand and eight, we did one, and then we did one in two thousand and thirteen, I think, or something, or two thousand. God, dude, weird. Wait, see, this is how terrible this is. Yeah, My brain is just uh, dis slowly dissipating. We, you, I reckon, I, you played at Miami Shark Bar. I reckon it was Miami Shark Bar yeah. too. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, there's not many places to play on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we played we, in this uh, place that was like kind of under a freeway area, like a like a, a like a, not not under a freeway, but under like a. It's kind of like this weird. It was a oh. behind this. Yeah. Like in into like it was near a <laughs> uh, like a bog or like a kind of like a little oh, lake. 
It could have been Corumban. It could have been Corumban RSL. Was that, that sounds, RSL club? That sounds right, right. Sounds a bit more, they used yeah. the RSL down there for um, shows all the time. I bet you it was Corumban RSL because yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's like kind of under a bridge, kind of near a boggy swamp. <laughs> hey, yeah, boggy swamp. Yeah. Let me. Oh, no, that was boggy swampies. <laughs> down there. Yeah. Let me, I, I have this thing on my computer. This guy sent me, this, this fan sent me a, on a list, um, chronological list of all the shows we've ever played. Oh, wow. wow. He kept a log that of that. A yeah, fan. he archived it. Oh, that's so cool. And I'll have the Australian ones on there. It's like a spreadsheet or something. Where's this thing? I know. It's Address. <laughs> yeah. Boggy swampy. So anyway, let's keep let's keep it moving. Though. Yeah, that's okay. I'll find I'll find it. I'll find it somewhere. So wait, or so just Jamie, so just this story. story yeah, it's Coast, just that. Right? Yeah, so I grew up on the Gold Coast. It's a pretty rough place to grow up. It doesn't look like it, but it kind of is. Ah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and I was never a rough kid, but I went to a party, and for whatever reason, we were we didn't know the people having it or whatever, so we uh, were turned we were turned away at the door. And um, my friend Luke was more on the rough side. Of course. <laughs> and, and he was really upset that we were turned away from this party. And we were like 15, 16 or something. And he called his mates who were like in their early 20s. And we went and met them at a service station and they rocked up with nunchucks. Wow. <laughs> and then we drove back to the party. And honestly, I, this is not me. I was not, you know, like a. I'd never been in a fight in my life. Yeah. You're not proud of this. You were just caught up. Um, I was just caught the, up and it was kind of yeah. exciting too, you know. Yeah, like yeah, it was, yeah, it was an ex- <clears throat> excitement level to it. But we went yeah. back to the party and these two dudes like went up to the thing and like called out the owners of the house, like come out the front. Which is such a rude move, hey. It's like yeah. you're not allowed in the party. <laughs> yeah. What big deal? Find out the party. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not your party. It's their party. They don't want you to come. Yeah, yeah. and else. obviously we made the right move in turning you away because you're here with yeah. fucking nunchucks, nunchucks you yeah. psycho fuck. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, but, um, Lord. But everyone came out onto the cul-de-sac and oh, a, yeah. a circle was formed and um, wow. like it was, it was going to be a nunchuck bashing. But it really was one of those like fights that don't amount to anything. Like no one ever yeah. swings a punch. It's just a lot of mm. like chatter. Uh, yeah, a lot of chatter and then it dissipates and that was yeah. what happened. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but no. um, what, what, what did you make of, did you enjoy your time in Australia? Do you have friends uh, out yeah. here, Ross? Um, you know, I don't have any people that I, I still keep in close contact with out there. Um, yeah, I never, I never really made uh, like any kind of, mm. kind of really close contact. I have, I have a friend who, Lit, who grew up in Philly and lives there now, and he's lived there. And he's gonna—I think he's gonna probably just end up living there for the rest of his life. Uh, his name's right. Stefan Grozda. He's like a shout out. He did like a—he did a tour. He did a couple tours of ceremony as a roadie, and just you know, he's just one of my one of my more beautiful friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, he lives there. And our boy, our boy Lex, lives out there. He's kind of a legend. He's a punk. Um. <laughs> We don't talk as much as I'd like to, but he's, he's a guy. Like if I went there, I'd, I'd give him a call, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't really, I don't really keep in contact with many people. I, um, yeah, I like, uh, I like Shogun from uh, Royal oh, yeah. Headache. He's a trip. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's a cool dude. And, Absolutely. Uh, Great band. Shout outs. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible band. Mm. Um, what else do I know out there? 
a lot of people I just haven't seen in so long. I mean, we haven't been on done a tour out there in so long. So yeah, you know, but I, I love traveling there. It was really fun. Incredible. Right. Yeah. We lived in Sydney for 10 years or, or thereabouts. And now we live in Melbourne Yeah, for about the last sort of four or five. And oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I had um, some, yeah. Last time I was in Melbourne, I was, uh, it was like in a craze. I was going through a bad breakup and I was just like pushing the envelope. You know, I mm. stayed up for like days and no mm. one was like just going for it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was something else. So does it have good connotations when you think back or is it a bit of a wobbly scary time? <clears throat> I think my, fir- my first trip was, was really good, you know, because I, I wasn't in any kind of dark territory. But then that one, mm. was, that one was pretty, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty intense. Mm, I was yeah. I was just trying to like you know forget a, forget about it and escape the the pain of what was happening. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we just like, yeah. we just played shows and just raged, you know, like yeah. Really. And I you know I was told about Australia before I got there, like you know, they uh, they take their partying seriously there. You know, they like, they, they, they do they really man. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I read I, like just sifting through a few interviews you've done over the years, Ross, and like seem from around that period, which I'm assuming you're talking about L-shaped man kind of. Yeah, yeah, that time. Area. Yeah, um, that you, you talked a little bit about like drugs and alcohol and sex mm-hmm. and all that kind of shit being a sort of something that you were uh, coming to grips with or you know dealing with at some points in some capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a part of my narrative, you know, I mean, I can't, I, I can't really, uh, you know, I can't really hide that. It's one of those, it's, I've always, I've never really wanted to be like the guy that, uh, you know, it's that those things are, are very much tied to, you know, and, mm. um, and like, um, compared, like connected to, you know, but yeah, of mm. course it's like, you know, being young, I was, uh, I came from a place of like, you know, that was kind of, normal in my culture you know like my Mm. uh, my parents were they were kind of you know they were like hippies of sorts and Mm. my mom my mom's first husband was the bass player of the band this band called the sons of champlain in uh in san francisco barry and they were he was in also in the big brother and the holding company with janice joplin and like you know that that culture and lifestyle is Mm. very much ingrained into into who i am you know Yeah. yeah um so yeah, it, it did carry on for a while. Um, I'm just now kind of um, getting out of that era of my life. You know, mm. I, Zed's dad, he was, he was an astrologer and he was like one of my clo- closest uh, comrades. And like, uh, as far as like, um, you know, uh, intellectual thought, higher learning, spirituality, things like that. And he, t- he would tell me these crazy things about my life, it would slowly start coming true. And he told me, he was like, you know, when you hit 35, you're going to have like a, uh, um, a conscious shift in your life. You're going to kind of, mm. you know, you're going to lean away from, uh, that kind of lifestyle and kind of get mm. into something a little more, uh, a little more present. And I've definitely been that lately. I've, uh, you know, I've been like, I had like, you know, 83 days or something of sobriety recently. And it was really incredible. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going more towards that in my life now. Mm. I mean, part of that, I think yeah. is just getting older, right? Like, sure. you know, you don't want to be in your forties and just like, you know, 
be acting like you're in your twenties. I mean, you can, I mean, yeah. no, no offense to anyone, but totally, yeah. totally. I think that's like a natural progression, right? You, you just do yeah. slow down in a sense. So I think yeah. so. Things change. I, yeah. I, I think, um, uh, aren't they incredible? Those points in life, those, um, those turning points where it's like shedding a skin uh, and yeah. it's, it's such a refreshing feeling too. Um, when, mm. when you, you come into this new, uh, you know, everything to all intents and purposes more or less looks the same, but you've got this new perspective, this new outlook. Um, I've actually just had one myself and it's um, like, it's so long lasting. It's been the last two or three weeks. I've just felt like I've entered a new epoch of my. And what is that? uh, What does that entail? Um, It's look, it's just, it's just a change in perspective on a few of the Mm. areas of my life, which have been, um, quite dominant areas of my life. Um, and yeah, it's the, the, the feeling real. I've ba- I feel like I've made some realizations, some important gut level realizations that have just given me a real, a newfound sense of freedom, which I've just oh, that's been great. I'm so happy for. Yeah. That's like stuff that's been like gut level, been there for a long time, but only just kind of, yeah. With all like click. Yeah. Yeah, and it's to do with self-efficacy. I'm not, I'm speaking really vaguely at the moment. I'm, you know, but you are kind the, of. I've been noticing that mm. a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Well, just about this. Just being. Vague, is it is it very per, like super personal? It is. Yeah. And okay, I'm not yeah, quite yeah. Don't, don't fully ready to. And, and look, and, ready listen, to. and listen, we're so open on this um, podcast generally, and yeah, I'm sure it will be in the future. But I'm. It's just something that's very personal to me at the moment. Cool. Kind of keeping it close to my chest, but I feel um, good though. It feels fucking good. That's that's the point. That's the yeah. point. Do you do you think you move um like interstate? I mean, not interstate, but moving cities. Ross kind of aligned with a bit of a shift, or is that kind of coincidental? Or yeah, I mean, I uh, you know, when I was when I was in Syracuse, that that part of my life was like um, kind of like dominated with escapism in a sense. You know, I was escaping all kinds of different things in my life. Um, and even like the, the right, a lot of the writing, if you've, if you've, if you've ever picked up the book, uh, it's a lot about that, you know, it's about, um, just doing whatever you can do to escape, um, Mm. the thing that is in front of you, the thing that's kind of like tearing you apart. And, uh, you know, when I got to LA, I felt, you know, kind of like there was a shift of sorts consciously, you know, I was coming back uh, home. I'd been away for three years and there was some darkness there. Uh, But, you know, I met Netta and um, I started to kind of slowly chip away at some of the bad, badder points in my life. Mm. And I'm just now kind of coming into like a, a much more positive place and positive time in my life. So how good. Yeah, it's incredible. You you mentioned like just before, like spirituality. Do you have any sort of practices? Are you a meditator or in any of these sorts of things? Yeah, I meditate. Um, mm. I actually, I learned, I, when I was at Syracuse, I, it was funny. <laughs> I was like one of those things on the wall for a class. Like uh, it was like an impromptu kind of, uh, it wasn't actually through the university. I think it was like through the health center or something. It was a meditation class. And I, 
pulled one of the little pieces of paper. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. And I attended like this class. Yeah. And I started attending was this it the meditation last one? class. No, no, no. <laughs> that would have been great. But yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. Uh, and this really cool lady, you know, she introduced me to meditation. And I did like, uh, awesome. I did like 12 weeks of that. And it stayed with me since then. And I, and I still try yeah. to do it now. And uh, yeah, it's God, it's so helpful. I'll, there'll be times when I'm on tour and I just go into the bathroom and do it for like five to eight minutes. Mm. And it's like saves my life really. Man, yeah. it, it is the best. It's you. the single best practice uh, that yeah. I've ever learned in my life. It's so, yeah. so, it's so beautifully simple. And, and the best parts are where you're able to like um, use it um, in a moment, you know, when your brain's running away from you, when yeah. your mind's running away mm. from you, mm-hmm. to return to that sense of like unencumbered, free and ease. Fantastic. Yeah. What a fucking yeah. great tool. Yeah, I need to be, you know, I need to uh, uh, use it more. I, you know, you, they, they say you should try to get on a schedule and, and do it, um, you know, repeatedly, you know, once a day or mm. whatever it is. Mm. And, uh, Cause it does all these magical things they say for your, for your brain and memory mm. and uh, stress. And of course all, all this stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just, I, I gotta, I gotta get on a better practice with it. I think but I do do it. Mm. I think every, I think everyone does, man. And it's like, yeah, it's I, I used to kind of get up myself as well for like, Oh, you haven't meditated all week and stuff. And I ended up just taking a, a slightly like, um, Doing it once is better than doing it zero no times at all. So like yeah. even if it's even if I fall yeah. off the horse for a while, I just gonna get back on when I'm when I'm good and willing. Yeah, for sure. It's always there. Mm. Um we saw Ceremony play in New York mm. when when we were there on a trip. Mm. Um in uh Brooklyn Bazaar. Brooklyn Bazaar. So it was two thousand sixteen? Two thousand sixteen. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, like October. It was a good. That was a great show, man. That was a fucking match. I actually hadn't good. heard of, heard of ceremony before then. Our friend Callum was like, "Let's go to this show tonight." Callum, and do I know? I sound. I know a Callum from Australia. He did a tour with us. I don't think. Oh, okay. I don't think I you think know this Callum. Callum. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, he was like, "Come to the show." And we went down. It was fucking mad. We just stood up the back. Yeah, and it was the. the Stage yeah. just like overflow with that, people. That was for an our hour. first exposure to ceremony. We had no idea what we we're going into, and it was mm. just such a fucking fantastic it was show. So cool. Oh yeah, that was a good one for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. New York it's City like, is incredible. Mm. <laughs> so funny, like those shows. Like, it's just so interesting. I don't know what it is, the genre or like even the city, but like when literally for 60 minutes there's at least like two to three crowd members on the stage at any given point yeah. in time just jumping in yeah, and out. For sure. A constant flow and wave. It's so – they just love doing that, eh? Yeah. They're just little psychos. <laughs> they just love doing that. I know. They're just little psychos, man. It's crazy. I've never had the um, – it's never burned inside of me to do that. Yeah. On oh, the yeah. stage and just jump straight back off. Yeah. But yeah. I respect it. you never cool. done a stage dive before? I've done a stage dive, but like, yeah. Have you? You've done it at another band show. I have show. done one, but like, <laughs> but not like as I might have been like a friend's um, show or something. Yeah. Like you do the thing where you jump in. Yeah. And that was a long time ago. But I've yeah. never just been like in the crowd, like jump up. Uh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a huge thing for us culturally growing up mm. as kids in the punk scene. It was like, yeah. There were stages of it where we would get into uh, moshing. And, you know, it's like a, 
it's kind of a beautiful thing. It's like this, like subculture, tribal dance kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, Crazy. It's uh, really, of course, uh, aggressive. And that's why it turns a lot of people away. But, you know, aggression mm. can be, it can be beautiful too. It just depends on, on like, you know, how you mask mm. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We don't, people, we, we steer away from ignorance, but like, you know, of course, like, you know, uh, ignorant punching and blatant violence. Yeah. But then there's also cultures of uh, punk and hardcore where that is like a good thing too. So it's a, yeah, it's a strange thing. There is a strange thing. Yeah. It's interesting. But, you know, stage diving was, there was a section of our, our like time as punk kids where, I remember us being like, okay, we're going to try to do as many stage dives as we can. <laughs> yeah. Like we go see Gorilla Biscuits or something, you know, you're like, okay, we're going to do like 50 stage dives. Yeah. Right? It was, yeah, it was a good time. We, I remember ceremony played with, we play, I say Gorilla Biscuits cause that's, we played with them our final show of this tour. I think it was in Vienna. Ween or was it? Maybe it was, no, it was in Prague. It was in Prague. And Jake and I literally just stayed on the stage and just kept stage dive. We didn't touch the ground ever. We did like a hundred <laughs> stage dives. Yeah. Siv must have just been like, get the fuck out of here, you guys. Just yeah. dominating the stage. <laughs> yeah. This is about you. Yeah. Yeah, but I um I have a one. pretty funny I can remember my first ever like crowd surf. So that's like for me, the difference is you're in the crowd and you okay, here we go. go up from the crowd. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You tap, you're like, because well, my my memories of being like 13 or 14 or something, so I'm like tiny, you can just get thrown around. So you like tap some tall person next to you and you go like at this to give you a lift yeah. up or whatever and then yeah. they just shoot you up. Mm-hmm. The first time I ever did it was at like a Silverchair concert in oh, 1996. Cool. Yeah. It's just like pre, like just frog stomp here. Like first yes, album. dude. Yeah. And um, so I was, they were playing at like the local uni and I was like 13 or maybe even younger. And anyway. Are they an um, Australian band? Yeah, yeah. they're yeah, from they Newcastle in Australia. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, we crowd, me and my friends, my auntie took us and um, we crowd surfed in between bands. Cool. <laughs> I think everyone was just wait. I was 11. Yeah, it's 96. Wow. And um. Uh, Fight for Your Right by Beastie Boys came on and then we just nice. got thrown up to that and like the crowd was loving it because we were so tiny and it was just like a real big novelty <laughs> and it was really fun. <laughs> so and then, yeah, yeah, that was my first memory anyway. That's amazing. Just being nostalgic there for a moment. Yeah, it's yeah, so nice good. to be able to participate. I was actually saying to my partner Kate yesterday that I can't wait to, um, like because so many concerts yes. you watch, I find. Hey. You, Hello. That's Harry. Who we got here? Yeah. Harry. Yeah. Harry oh. Houdini. <laughs> What's up, baby? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, go ahead. You, no, that's okay. So you, you like observe. This is my experience anyway. I go see a band. I usually stand like towards the back with my arms yeah. folded. Even if I'm loving the band, I'm like yeah. towards the back with my arms folded. Okay, okay. And I rarely have the experience anymore of like being in the center of the crowd and like losing it like a fan. Just I feeling think, it, you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah, just like like you used to, you know, like yeah. Um, and I'm really excited for the next time that I do that where I can just let go of my the pride or whatever it is. Ego. That's whole, yeah, yeah. And just fucking just get in the middle like a fan. I'm going to do that too. And yeah. sing all you the fucking words me. and I'm yeah. going to do it. You should. I can't yeah. fucking wait. I've got goosebumps thinking of that. That's yeah, good. Oh, yeah. 
and like singing with the person next to you and fucking it's just yeah. it's such yeah. a great feeling, man. Oh Isn't yeah, that cool? it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Do you really do you is. remember the last time you did that, Ross? Just um, as a fan in a in the crowd. Mm. I went and saw Kate LeBon in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and um, I was up in the thing singing. Yeah, I was really feeling Sick. it. I love her. Sick. Yeah. So I think that was last, and that was in. Uh, oh dear Lord, here we go again. I think it was two thousand and eighteen. Oh, yeah. 2019, 2018 or 2019. That's good. Who, who would you, Todd, if you were to like get in a crowd and fucking jump up and down and sing all the words and shit? Oh, like I'm going to jump mm. like Mosh? Or yeah, just who's stand? the band? Um, uh, I don't know. The last time I did it was Stone, did it for was Stone Roses. And oh, yeah. they came to town, just stood in the middle of the crowd. That was Oh, bad. sweet. It's um, a good one. Uh, right now, I can't think of one. I'm sorry. Oh, for some reason, it's not what it would be, but all I could think of was Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> what the fuck? That's a raging jumping man right there. I don't know if I want to be <laughs> there. Like, yeah. There'd be no one under 35 in that crowd, surely. I Probably watched, did you, did you watch the uh, Woodstock, was it the 94 documentary they did? Oh. No, it was. 99? 99, yeah. Yeah, they showed little tidbits of '94, but when the '99 when they showed uh, some footage of Rage, they didn't show too much. Yeah. But they showed them of the, doing like the burning of the flag on stage and like. Oh they, yeah. They were just they were cool, man. They were radical. Oh man, I my um one of my old bands um played this festival in Australia called the Big Day Out, and um it's just like a big kind of festival that goes to all the major cities. And back in like the '90s, 2000s, had like all the biggest bands in the world headlining every year, kind of thing. And Rage Against the Machine headlined the one we played. And um, I just remember they just took everything up like such a level from every other band. That, oh, yeah, like it I was bet. that year they reformed or whatever. Mm-hmm. They had like, it was a big, I guess, like football field, like size crowd. And wow. just from the front to the back was just like everyone was just in the palm of their hand. It was so good. I can't yeah. imagine. So sick. To have that many people. Yeah. Stand behind you, you know, in front of you, All excuse right. me, but and yeah. you be there with you. That's got to be some kind of feeling. It would That's be crazy. It would be insane, it? wouldn't it? Because you're mean, just yeah. one person, right? I always think of like, um, yeah. you know, guitar, like that's like a one guitar band. So like yeah. you're playing like a soul or something, but like just from a little guitar and it's like so loud yeah. at the front. There's so many people just coming from like a little fingers just going like this. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. crazy. From I, I read little fingers some, to that, huh? Yeah. yeah, little fingers to big speakers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I read that at some point ceremony tour with Block Party yeah. years ago, and you guys were oh, doing crazy. like your own little like 150 kind of cap club shows at the time, mm-hmm. and then playing these massive sort of block block party support shows. Oh yeah, that was interesting. I bet we, we've done a few of those. That was, I think, that was the first time. Or yeah. No, actually, that was on that scale. I think actually that was probably the biggest one we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those were the Matador years. So they, yeah. you know, they were kind of pushing for us to do something like that. We tried it out. Yeah, it was it was fine. It was just you know um, playing uh, in more you know intimate clubs with your own fans is obviously yeah. But a artist wants to do you know yeah yeah but yeah it's it's, you know essentially though i i think about this a lot it's like as musicians as artists 
anything in the arts like that, a lot of what we're trying to do is to um, reach people in some way, right? Mm -hmm. To connect with people. Um, you know, essentially, yeah, you're you're trying to branch out and uh, reach new destinations and uh, mm. new people and, and things like that. But you know, even when you do play big clubs like that with big bands like that, um, you know, a lot of the time you're getting people who are they just want to see the the main yeah. Group. I it would be interesting mm. to know how many people uh, like found out about ceremony and still like are interested in ceremony from those days. Yes, It'd be interesting yeah. to know. Totally, I think those those things are always like, yeah, it's like how what's the sort of actual result at the end of the day? Are you just getting like a couple of, you know, yeah. like new people on board, or is it is there a wholesale kind of mm. thing happening? They say if yeah. you t- if you like um, if you connect with one person, though, I mean that's all. It's that's, worth it. That's all, it's, and it's true. It's kind of true, right? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it's, um, it's, it's so funny, like, reading through a bunch of the interviews that, that uh, you and Anthony as well have done over mm-hmm. the years um, and just seeing how relentlessly the point that, you know, uh, surprise, surprise, ceremony don't sound the way they did when they released their first <laughs> <laughs> um, EP. Yeah. It's just so funny. It's like the, the main talking point of probably every yeah. interview. Um, and it's like you, you guys are like, I guess when you, when you, when you look at it and you look at the, the progression, perhaps not many bands uh change or whatever or evolve as much as you have so it's a kind of easy um thing to to point out but it's just um it's really fascinating and like i actually love reading both your takes on it all the time because i i actually really relate in a lot of ways um you know to i yeah i I personally feel like sometimes within because I have a, sol- a solo sort of pop project mm-hmm. and then Todd and I have a, you know, like a, a band together, a punk band together. You just put out and a new uh, single, right? I did, yeah, it's the solo, yeah. solo yeah, stuff. Yeah, I liked yeah. it a lot. I listened to it. It's oh, cool. awesome, man. Thanks for checking it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like, for instance, within that project, I can sit down and write like a song like that, like Shade, that song I released, or mm-hmm. I can sit down and write something that's uh, very, uh, well, genre-wise anyway, different. It'll still sound like me, you know, but genre-wise it'll be, it'll be different. And sometimes one of my struggles is like choosing which way to go or not choosing which way to go and feeling like, oh, this is like straddling genres or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, it's the whole thing is like a, it's a funny battle that you kind of go through in your head. Yeah, it's very strange. It's fucking strange. And it seems to me like you've got this like ability to write across multiple genres. You're interested in multiple genres and different sounds and the idea of exploration because you're an artist. Mm-hmm. And then you've, you, you, you're sort of uh, constantly having to, I guess, like justify a reason or explain yeah. as to why like one record sounds different to another. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to start yeah. like when mm-hmm. I get that question again, I'm just going to like we haven't changed i don't know yeah i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) same band yeah Yeah. because it is such a tired question but you know it is i guess it is it's it's been a focal point but Mm. 
how could you not be interested? How could some person not be interested in that to see something so yeah. it's interesting. change, you know? Well, you want to see change as well, I think. Like, yeah. you, it, it, like people say that they don't, but it's, it's interesting. Ceremony. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm a, like, I'm because of that excited to hear what the next song sounds like. 100%. You know? Yeah. And, and let me tell me, you, it's like the next stuff yeah? is yeah. even weirder than you yes. possibly think, you know? Like, Love that. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, yeah. Because when you put the albums side by side, it's just like each album's a progression. But mm-hmm. if you go first to last, it's like a difference. But you know, I but it depends it on sense. someone you talk to. Some people will say it's a degression, you know, because you oh, started yeah. being the punk. You're like, yeah, like yeah. hardcore, <laughs> you're playing fast yeah, yeah. hardcore. <laughs> You're doing the thing, you know, and now you're doing this bullshit, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just all perspective, you know. It's crazy. What? How do you, um, man, if this is a tied question, just tell me to shut up. But yeah. like, how do you, because it's something we go through as a band. So I'm just curious, yeah. like, how do you decide on what songs to play? Because we're often like, oh man, the fans love that one, but I am sick of it. And like all that kind of shit, especially when there is a bit of a difference. Like, mm. do you just pick the best ones or what yeah. you feel like? Or? I mean, it's something I've been thinking about too. A lot of, a lot of uh, our set lists are written by Anthony and, um, mm. I don't know if he does this. This is a conversation I need to have with him, but we've talked about things before. Like, you know, you got to read the crowd a little bit. And for me, mm. that means you got to go out into the venue, have a drink at the bar, see what's going on with the people. And sure. um, you can kind of tell if it's going to be like, what kind of vibe it's going to be, you know? Yeah. Uh, so Anthony yeah. tends to stay uh, on in the rear end of the venue. Doesn't really like to go out into the hoi polloi. Mm. But um, I'm very much a person of the public. I like to, you know, talk to people, yeah. and be out there and whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm always like thinking, like, hmm, I think I should write the set list, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he's like, um, he has a good understanding of how the songs like uh, flow into each other, I suppose, yeah. and uh, transitions yeah. and things. Um, mm. So yeah. It is an interesting thing. I think, like, you know, we're playing this Substance uh, Fest in L.A. soon. It's a lot of, like, you know. Man, that lineup looks great. Yeah, a lot of good bands. A lot of Mm. interesting stuff. A lot of, like, uh, very, kind of like a very diverse groupings of bands. But we, the way we see all those bands, we, you know, culturally, we're thinking, this is almost like uh, anthropology, right? Okay, they're going to be into this kind of style. Yeah. So we're probably going to play things from, well, the lowest we'll go is probably going to park, you know, or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you, you, I would say you've probably um, built quite a, um, a, a resilience to, because like sometimes I, I imagine that it would be really some of the things like having these hardcore kids who you, who you used to like, they used to be a sort of like, I guess, bread and butter audience. Yeah. Go like, oh, you suck now or whatever. Yeah, or you're yeah. not this anymore. I can imagine that would be uh, to begin with, like reading a bad comment on YouTube or whatever, you know, just like, yeah. oh, it feels like a fucking knife in the guts a bit. Yeah. And you would, ha- it would force you to like um, really find the conviction in the, your new path. But you, I, I imagine that you were also like, Oh my God, do we suck? And what are we doing? And blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. surely at some point that those, those comments oh, yeah. hurt. Those, those are bound to happen. I mean, like, yeah. and a part of the way I've always thought about it is, you know, we do suck. We're, 
a band <laughs> trying to learn how to play play oh, okay. uh, new like styles of music <laughs> yeah. that we're not like yeah. you know we're we're not too sure and like a lot of musicians out there um you know sometimes it's weird i listen to some of these some bands that they do the thing so perfectly and it's from a certain time and it, like you know it's uh like I don't know. It's, it's almost for me, sometimes it's like almost too perfect. Like there's not a lot of character to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think ceremony is like that. I think that's the reason why some, I think that's one of the reasons why people like it is that it's like, it doesn't do anything perfectly. It's kind of, uh, mm. it does it strangely, you know, it does mm-hmm. lots of different kinds of things strangely, I think. And mm-hmm. uh, it's that like, it's, it's like that little tectonic shift, you know, in the plate that like makes it off kilter. Interesting. I think. Mm. So, yeah. 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 Awesome, man. <clears throat> I think, I mean, just not to go on about it too long, but like, especially like starting out as like a popular hardcore band, like that's one of the genres that like bands, you don't have to change. Yeah, you can for put, sure. Put the same. You, yeah. you can be hate breed and put out 20 of the same album if you want to. And bless their heart. It's so cool. Yeah, you know, yeah so it's good. mad. You know when you, yeah. But that's kind of a bit of what people expect in that genre too. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. Ross, I know you're a um, mad Cure fan. That's, <laughs> that's, is that true? Oh, boy. I like the Cure. I like the Cure. Oh, okay. I, um... It's funny. I, it's were... I had a, this conversation. I thought you were bringing this up because I had a conversation with Zed about this last night. He, they were oh. in the car going to somewhere and they were like, oh, we're going to listen to The Cure. And I was like, oh. I don't know, maybe it's just the time in my life right right now. I, like I've just, maybe I've just, I've heard so much of The Cure lately or something. It's just been yeah. constantly on the radio. It's always on Netta's car <laughs> radio. It's like, oh. but they are such an interesting band because they have so many records and like they are, I don't know. They're kind of, for me, whenever I listen to them, they're kind of bottomless in a sense. Like I always mm. will like find mm. something a little bit new in their song. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. Or like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but also I'm, I'm not like the hugest carefully. Like I don't know every single gotcha. song and like all mm. of the records yeah. uh, by heart, but I, you know, being a person who's involved in, in this kind of music and cool. And like we played Reading and Leeds and they headlined, one year yeah, wow. when we played, um, it was so beautiful. We, JD and I, we just sat, we stood out in the field and we both had a bottle of wine and it was kind of slightly oh. drizzling on us. So we were, oh man. Perfect. Like tear, yeah. tear coming from our eye. Like, this is beautiful. Wow. It's nice yeah. when uh, Mother so cool. Nature does that for you. I yeah. remember yeah, we right. seeing, uh, was at this festival once and it was like boiling hot and then I was like pretty young and like the horrors were playing mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. as soon as the horrors came for some reason the clouds came over and it just poured with rain for that like mm. 45 minutes and then wow. fucking perfect cleared. yeah cool. it's amazing I love but the horrors you, you can't get you can't not like the cure though they're just not yeah. unlikable so they're like they're, there's nothing you can't not like about them I think that's another thing another reason why I push against them a little bit it's like yeah it, the cure like there's <laughs> yeah, nothing, yeah. There, there's no, i don't know it's do they have any haters they yeah they, they they're uh they're one of these bands it's like it's sorry to say this this might be controversial but it's not yeah. very um 
challenging, you know, it's just mm, there yeah. and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And it's like, God damn, like why, yeah. why are there those bands like that? I guess they're mm. important in some sense. Like mm. a lot of those Smith's records too are like, they're, per- they're perfect songs. I don't know. Yeah. But what it does to certain people, it does something, it pulls on a heart string or does this crazy thing to them, you know, like, yeah. Each everyone has the one cure song. It's like, oh God, it does mm. its thing to it does that thing to me, you know? Or everyone has yes. that one Smith song. It's like it does that thing to me. Yeah, I got I got um one of each of those actually. What you got? Tell me. I got um I got Other Voices by the Cure, which is a bit of a mm. um uh, a bit of a dare I say a deep cut? Go on, yeah. B-side. Uh, and it's it's not because it's not because I'm a because uh, I'm actually not a like a massive cure head. I can't even yeah. name. I don't think any of their albums. But um, yeah. But I this song other voices is so hard. It's mm. fucking hard. The bass hard line in, in it is crazy. Sense? It's just um it's hardcore. Just tough. Yeah. It's oh, just yeah. tough. Yeah. It's it's nice. a it's a it's a really good. The bass line is um just such a standout. Yeah, That's I really an interesting hi- juxtaposition of being a hard because you know you think of Cure, you think of like kind of flowery and kind of like you mm. know kind of uh, it, yep, hundred percent. Sorry to say, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? no, no, it's Not it's hard. so true. Um, the baseline in it just is like it just gets you up and about. It's um a tough song. I, I think when we out. saw him play that time, Jamie, yeah, they you know they play for like three fucking hours, yeah, yeah too, long, long time. too long, yeah, too long, too long, too long. Yeah. But they have like a half hour where they go hard. You know, they like yeah. have a few rock riffs and like, oh, yeah. you know, a couple of bass lines they jam on. And, yeah. 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 And then the, the Smiths one is um, Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now. Mm, yeah, it's a beautiful one. Yeah. It's a good one. I don't really know the Smiths that much. I don't think Morrissey just annoyed, like his voice. Yeah. I like some of his songs, but I never, never bothered. I never really yeah. got into the Morrissey band. I, I like the Smiths. Yeah. There's actually a few, there's a few tracks from Morrissey that I, um, that I really like, but. You know, I, this is an ongoing joke and ceremony because, you know, you've, we've been in the band together for like 17 years now. So there's a lot of inner, inner jokes mm. in the ceremony. Oh, yeah. And like I tell them always, I'm like, I just, he start when he starts singing about the hamburger, the hamburger song, I'm like, you just, I don't know, it just doesn't work. You can't be like, hamburger, you know, song and like make it. It's, it's, I don't know, man. It's not, yeah. yeah. It's not copacetic, you know? This, this, yeah. yeah, it's so true. There's certain words that just don't, they just well, shouldn't make it into a song. It's not a beautiful <laughs> or a romantic <laughs> word, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's not hamburger. sad. It's not, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it is like, you know, it's a social commentary on America and, uh, you know, yeah. uh, the horrors of, um, of the meat industry, et cetera. So I get it. And it is an unbecoming word, but just don't mm. put it in a, a hamburger. Yeah. 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 Crazy. So man. true, man. Yeah. We've had... Um, Producer missed that one. Here's a here's a humble brag. Producer did, and producers yeah. should be on the lyrics. Producer for, should be on the lyrics. On the look for lyrics that yeah. like it's like I get it, cool, but hamburger's yeah. not allowed. I'm sorry, but it's not there, allowed. Morris, yeah. yeah, Mr. Morrissey. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, it's a humble brag. We've had Roger Roger O'Donnell from The Cure on the pod a couple of times. Oh, cool. He's a friend of ours. Yeah, oh, we met sweet. him in Australia, and he's actually the the executive producer of our. Uh, we have a Comedy Central series. Oh wow! A mockumentary about the band. Oh, that's and, um, so cool. What a great idea. It's so fun. And he, we like had him do a cameo in it and then he became an executive producer of it. I'd be interested um, to hear, do you talk to him about the band? Does he tell you, does he give you yeah. insights? Oh my God. Uh, he gives us I'll send, I'll send the you the link to the episodes. He is a oh, fucking, so cool. he is the biggest, um, 
He's a punk. He's a he fucking really punk. Is. And he's not afraid to say it. Like if you go like we just to pick his brain, like what do you think of the, you know, such and such? He's a fucking twat. He's a oh, wanker. I yeah, fucking right. hate that wanker. <laughs> he's just so negative about everyone. Yeah. It's hilarious. He's brash, he's, huh? He is. He's been fired it. like a few times from the band. But <laughs> yeah, Rob, Robert's, him fi- Robert's Robert, fired so. him like three times or something like that over the years. He's been in it so since good. the 80s, mid-80s, I think he joined the band. Wow. But yeah. He wasn't a, a founding member. So an open book to us. Yeah, He's yeah. been through some times for sure. With them. Totally, oh, yeah. man. Wow. A few decades, like three decades maybe in a four. Yeah. yeah. And he's just so... We just laugh at him because he's so fucking negative about anyone you're asking about he hates. That's so cool. <laughs> Except... He was quite nice about Chris Martin from Coldplay. Oh, he was, wasn't he? <laughs> he was, surprisingly, yeah. He was like, he's actually all right, that guy. Yeah, yeah he likes mind, Chris. Don't mind him. There's don't an interesting, Chris. like, I think, conversation around that band. It kind of goes with what I said with the cure. Like, it's, there are uh, obviously, like, a lot of people that are, like, haters or whatever. But yeah. I think if you were to get down with that, any of those people one-on-one, they'd probably be pretty delightful. You know? I reckon so. Mm. Yeah, I reckon I mean, he'd be a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Are there any yeah. bands that, that you wouldn't be quick to oh, – I hate the guilty pleasures thing, but yeah. is, are there any bands that you wouldn't be necessarily quick to advertise that you listen to? Or people might be surprised that you listen to and enjoy. Mm. Wow, that's a hard question. Um, what do I have Anything a soft like – What if I have a soft spot for – Oh, like in pop, yeah. Let me yeah, think. it could be pop or – yeah. If I lay here, <laughs> if I just lay here. We have some songs on the next Spice Worker that sound like that, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I swear nice. I was like, oh, Oopsie it's daisy. like Lifehouse or something. <laughs> like, it's god awful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I have to think about that. Some yeah, that's pleasures. okay. Do you like Oasis? It's hard to say because I have this impeccable taste in music. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know. Uh, <laughs> Oasis, I like Oasis, but I, you know, I, I, I have never been one of those people though that like really like. Yeah. Um, but I really like the laws. Um, they're like from that time and of that place. Okay. Yeah. The laws are like, the laws. Uh, you know, that, you know, they have that hit. Here she comes. Oh yeah, that's a tune. Yeah, that the that's a great song. That incre- that song. that record I'm really interested in. It's incredible. It's like um, they only did they only wrote that one record, and uh, there was so much turmoil in the process of writing it. It was written, rewritten. And, uh, uh, you know, they wanted to make it so perfect and exacting and all this stuff, and it was basically just a nightmare to make. Mm. But it, it's uh, it has so many good songs. It's, it'd be so beautiful. Yeah. And the last song on the on the on the record, the, the song that closes out the record is just like it's one of my favorite favorite songs of all time. Wow, I'm gonna chuck it on. Yeah, it's the laws. The laws. Yeah, the song's called Looking Glass. Looking it's one glass. of those. Yeah. It's one of those things that like it affects me in that crazy way. You know. Oh, great, man! I'll make the. I'll put that song at the end of this episode. Looking Glass. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, um, speaking of, we 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 better let you go, Ross. Mm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. No and it's been absolute fucking pleasure to talk yeah, to man. you, man. Really nice. I very much enjoyed the time I've had with both of you. It's been great. Oh, great, man. Yeah, we've man. we've been really looking forward to recording this episode with you. You know, oh. as you've probably picked up, we're both ceremony fans, and um, yeah, a lot of our listeners will be really interested. So thanks Bless so you. much for coming Bless on, you. man. Yeah, and if uh, you know you're in LA anytime soon. 
Yeah. Well, here you are. I'm always yeah. here. Yeah, man. Uh, you yeah, take us to Danny DeVito's house or some shit <laughs> in the first 24 hours. <laughs> uh, funny, so real quick, Danny DeVito, uh, yeah. we, he tried to do some uh, directing. I don't know if you know any about those movies oh, that we did. No. <laughs> he did some movies in the 90s. He, he tried his hand at directing and they flopped in the big house. Mm. But uh, mm. God, Ned and I watched one the other day about uh, Ben Stiller and this dilapidated, they get this dilapidated apartment in New York City and it, and it's a duplex. It's called duplex. And it, and one of the ladies that's in the duplex is this old, just crotchy, just rotten old bag, but she's like, really, she's like, she's really, uh, she's like an old Irish white lady. She's, a, she's funny, you know, yeah. but she's totally like, yeah. she's just a kind of a nightmare. And, uh, yeah, you, you gotta see it. Yeah. I just sparked Jane DeVito right there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Duplex. <laughs> All right. Okay. Shout outs to Duplex. So yeah. Check it out. All right. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you. Thank cool, you. man. Thank you. Enjoy Thanks. the rest of your evening and catch you soon. Yeah. I've been having, the, I had the San Francisco Giant. The, they're playing the Dodgers right now. And the Dodgers oh, are sick. up. And it's fucking, okay. it's fucking me up right now. Oh, man. You're going to watch the rest of that? Yeah. Oh, yes. Big time. There's, yeah. there's, a, there's a heavyweight <laughs> boxing match on that I'm going to watch in the next hour as well. Nice. It should be nice. Very nice. A bit of sport afternoon. Good on you guys. <laughs> I love boxing. All right. Yeah. So are you going to watch it? Uh, I don't. I have. I don't know. I think actually my friend is there. He's been sending me pictures. Who's? What's the fight? Oh wow! It's um Tyson Fury and Fury. Yeah, uh, he's at the fight. Yeah. Yeah. He's oh, sending wow. me pics. Yeah. Holy hell! It's going to be big. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch both. I don't know. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> nice. But All yeah. Right, but thank you so much. All right. Pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks, Ross. See ya. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye bye.